This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane, and here as always with Chris Valenti. Chris, how are you, my friend? I am great, Rob. How are you? I am uh, doing wonderful. You are fighting a cold. I am. The only way to get rid of a cold, I believe, is by drinking heavily. I usually concur with that right now, but (laughs) my head is stuffed up to the max. Thank you to my beautiful daughter who turns one this Friday, so I'm trying to get rid of it as best as I can. I am loaded up. With vitamin C. I, I can't be sick on her birthday for her one-year-old birthday. So, When's her birthday? This weekend? Friday, yeah. Oh, Fri- boy. Friday. One. Big old big one. Di- big big party? Parents coming into town from Jersey tomorrow, taking over my house. You know, the whole whole shebang. Big party on Sunday with the whole family. So, good times at the Valenti household this weekend. You know, you know our podcast is... Uh aim towards college kids and i'm sure there's nothing college kids want to hear more about than uh mid-30s guys one-year-old birthday parties uh well they better get used to it because it comes qu- <laughs> it comes fast so life like comes at a freaking freight train life comes at you quick my friends so get ready for the actually the one-year-old and two-year-old and probably three-year-old birthday parties are more for the adults Right. Totally. They're all about drinking. Yeah. We there's there's booze at these things. The things you didn't realize because you were three years old, you didn't know that everyone around you is drinking. So, I have to go stock oh. up before the party this weekend. Uh, there, I uh, I'm a Manhattan guy, so I highly suggest uh, bourbon. I lots of it. I, I that is my also my go to. Love the whiskey. Love the bourbon. That that will right. kill anything. That will kill the cold. So maybe after this, I'll start drinking before I go to bed. And I also think if you're a college kid and you want to act cool on a date with a girl, order uh, a Manhattan. They won't know what it is, and if you like whiskey, you'll love it. So my suggestion is uh, a Manhattan stirred. Don't bruise the booze, right? Don't get it shaken. (laughs) Stir it. And uh, I have a Manhattan stirred on the rocks because if you don't get it on the rocks, they put in a martini glass, and I don't like... The feel of a martini glass, I want a rocks glass. Yeah, no, the martini so, glass is, is awkward and hard to it's hold. It's awkward, and it's like tall and skinny, feels like it's going to fall over. It feels... It always looks like it's going to spill. It always feels like it's going to, looks like it's going to spill, and also, not the, I don't know, it doesn't feel, I don't know, maybe it's my old school, feel like a rocks glass feels manly. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh... Are we anyway. are we angling to get a liquor sponsor now? Is that what we're doing right now? I think so. Look, I uh, Diageo. We call we we'll call Diageo. Look us up. Let's call. Let's call. Call them up. Call them up. We need a sponsor. Our uh, friends at San Diego State, though they're still great friends. Their sponsorship ended in November, but uh, I still think you should go check out their sports MBA program. SDSU.edu backslash SMBA. It's a great program. And then when you go to uh, winter meetings, you should go check out the campus. 
Yeah, I'm totally going to do that. I really am. Oh, did I tell you that I'm going to the winter meetings We know, uh, in December? Did I tell you the big news about the winter meetings? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, the big news for me, I love playing golf. I'm playing golf at Torrey Pines. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, so I'm like... My, uh, I, I, my parents, my dad... Are, parasailed over Torrey Pines? They did something when they're one of their big birthdays or something where they did something really cool with Torrey Pines. Either, I think they I'm, parasailed over Torrey Pines. I'm playing golf. 12-18 on Sunday. That is that is awesome. I'm yeah. very jealous. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. It's an exciting time. Um, so this week, we interviewed uh, John Sadak. John Sadak is a national broadcaster. And he's on CBS Sports. He, call, uh, he calls like a ton of Navy games. Um, he also does Westwood One on the radio. Uh, when Westwood One had the NFL rights, they don't anymore. He was doing like 14 or so NFL games every Sunday. That's a and, lot. Uh, That's a lot. I remember, I'm a big Steelers fan, as you know from this podcast. I turn on a Steelers game, Sadak's calling it. And it's yeah. like, this is cool. And because uh, John was our broadcaster in Scranton. And uh, in the podcast, um, John, so he's like a big damn deal. He's calling like Final Four games and the national, the Women's National uh, Championship. He calls that game for Westwood One. Um, calling big-time college football games, calling uh, big-time college basketball games. Wouldn't be surprised when I get a text from him. Oh, you know, sorry I didn't, sorry I missed you. Um, at Cameron Indoor calling Duke. And it's like, what? That's um the the funny thing too is we we've talked to mostly on people that are in the sales world and other other professions yep. and the 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 profession of the broadcaster and the life of the broadcaster and the minor leagues we kind of touched on this before to do what they do to get to where they have to get on the national level and the sacrifices they make is it's great it's like makes everything we did and rolling tarp make seem like nothing right like nothing riding buses on middle of nowhere just traveling around the country there's and talk about finite number of jobs. Like, at least with a sales team, there could be five to six people on it. There's only one broadcaster, right? There's only there's only one broadcaster. And think about it. If you're wanting to be a uh, Major League Baseball broadcaster, right, there's 30 of those jobs. Yep. Right? That's it. They also don't retire until they're 85 years old. There's very few turnover. I mean, well, if you, if you look at what's, um, what's, what's his face? Uh, the Dodgers. Vince Scully was doing Vince it for Scully, yeah. what seventy years. Gee, yeah. And all right. And do you want to be the broadcaster that goes after Vince Scully? No, I no no. That's do you want to be the guy who goes after Vince Scully who gets fired because they can't live up to Vince Scully? But yeah, right. no. It's it's true. Like John Sterling's been doing Yankee games for how many years? He's like eighty. Ever. It's it's a hard hard business to Joe get into. Joe with Boston. Yeah, for, he's been here forever. I mean, it's one of those professions that you got to pay your dues, and the, when you pay your dues. It's it's not always pretty. Yeah. So John, he on the podcast he was uh, making fun of me uh, because he just he would say he goes you know Rob I reached out to you saying that just in case you know I, will you, anything were to come up um, you know I want, would love to be able to have the opportunity to talk and I like didn't respond to him probably three or four times <laughs> I had no idea who the hell the guy was uh, the whole thing. But then a common connection is what connected us. And Sadak uh, was the best, and still is, the best at leveraging his network um, to help connect him to where he wants to go. So he was 
the broadcaster for the Wilmington Blue Rocks in Delaware. And he was trying to get to the you know, next level, uh, Yankees AAA. He was kind of from-ish around Scranton. Um, he was actually uh, so anyway. And he was trying to get to Scranton was like one of his dream jobs. So he was networking his way to however he could figure it out through um, uh, through his connections. And he did a masterful job. He still does it. Sadak is one of the best top-tier broadcasters, in, uh, in my opinion, in the country. He's excellent at calling a baseball game, and he's excellent at calling basketball, and he's excellent at football, uh, though he's called everything in between. And um, I think, though, one of the things that no matter what industry that you're in, that anyone could take from was the ability to leverage your network. And he just didn't do it for Scranton. He was doing it and still doing it all around. He called freaking Mets games this year, Chris. Um, and that's where we talked to him. We talked to him on a road trip when he was with the, the Mets were in Miami or something like that. Networking so is unbelievable. That's going to segue into, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go off a little bit right here. So hmm. it had an experience Last week, it was Friday, we had a school visit, grad, grad school program visit Fenway Sports. Uh, we set grad it up. School, grad school, not freshman. Correct, grad school. So this is why this, 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 this experience made it justify why we started Front Office Features just based on my overall interactions with this group. And if I could have recorded this whole entire thing, that the way it played out, it would have been like literally our white paper of why we started this because so they're in Fenway sports management. We arranged for three different segments to come talk to them in three different parts of our organization. So sales consulting and special events. We brought in the chief business development officer, John Clark to talk to them, including myself and then another director of sales, Liam Brown. Um, We arranged for the person who runs Dunkin Donuts sports marketing in our office to, to talk to them and so forth. And then some other people who are at a, at a different level, that way they can hear all facets of our business. And then we also agreed to go and grab some food and drinks with them at the cask and flag and afterwards and, and bring our sales associate program for them to, to, to talk to and, and get a feel of what that was about. When I, when I tell you how disappointed I kind of was by some of their responses and answers to questions and lack thereof, direct knowledge of where they could probably have been driving this opportunity to be in front of these people. And and mind you, we were their third stop. They had also met with two other organizations at very high level of sports in Boston. And I kind of heard, hey, it was a really long day. And, you know, like it, we're tired from Halloween last night. And I'm like, are you Give me a break. me? Like you're in grad school to get this opportunity to be in front of an organization such as ours to to network like Sadak talks about to to make a mark to to build like an opportunity for yourself to say like let's stay in connection we went to this mixer i had to and sort of the other people with me had to go up to the students to introduce what? ourselves yeah wait no, no wait 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 so describe the mixer are you is it giant? Is it no? It's a little hundred people. No, it's 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 twenty five of them and probably 
12 of us and we're in a corner in a bar cask and flagging right next to Fenway Park with just there's no one else really in the place it's five o'clock on a Friday and there's no game there's no event and so I start going up to them and I'm like okay I'm, I'm here I'm, I'm not gonna waste my time so I'll, let me just go out and see what they have to say and I'm just like oh so you're in grad school like what do you what are you hoping to do after you get out and like and I'm not even exaggerating 90% of the responses was sports marketing and my like <laughs> they could probably like see on my face where I was just like are you shitting me like that is your answer I was like if you're a freshman in college okay fine like I'll give you the benefit of the doubt no one's really coached you you've already graduated college you've probably had some real world experience and now you're in grad school giving me I want to be in sports marketing so I was like all right I'll bite let me ask the follow-up what do you mean by sports marketing that's my question to you. Yeah. What do you think they said? Uh, they want to market sports. So uh, I was. They go. I want to work on a property. I said. So like, you mean like the Red Sox? Like, be on the marketing team? And they're like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, Okay. What do you want to do? Well, on the marketing team. And I'm like, Oh my god. Like this. This is like you guys got to download my podcast with Rob right now. Like this, this is, is exactly why we did this. Like, so then I, I, I run into it. We're just trying to help. We're just trying literally. To help. And then, so I'm like, I put on my front office features hat. I was like, I'm going to just mingle with these people and just start having conversations because what the hell is going on here? So uh, it, one of the girls, uh, finance background, majored in finance, had pro- professional experience in finance, tells me I'd love to work in finance in the sports like great makes a lot of sense nice you have some direction all right let's go down that path we're going down the grid we're going down the right road here she goes but uh probably to get my foot in the door I'll probably have to take a ticket sales job and I'm like what (laughs) so let's not blame her for that one right that's got to be a professor teaching her Uh, again go back we must have talked this on episode one why on earth would you want to go do something if you want to go do finance? Why on earth would you do something totally different? How is that going to help you down the road? The answer is it's not. It is a waste of their time. It's a waste of the hiring person's time. So I was like, all right, this I got one on the hook here. I'm like, all right, here we go. I'm going to dive in. So I said, all right, let's play this out. You've done all this work in your life at this to your to this point in your career to get a get a major degree in finance, get experience in finance in the business world. You're going to grad school to get a better education to get a finance job in the sports world. Why would you now not take and do what's necessary to actually get the job you want? Right. And she's like and she's her mind was like blown. She's like, "Oh my god, my ride home, I'm going to have to just like rethink everything." So I was like, yeah. "What so I'm going to close the loop on here on networking. Yeah, so yeah. I go, so I'm talking to them. I'm like, are you guys like reaching out and networking to sports teams or individuals like such as myself to just start the conversation and start laying the groundwork before you graduate in your two years? And they're like, no, no, should we be doing that? And I'm like, oh my God. Like, <clears throat> so I was like, yes, you're yes. in, you're in a sports management program you should be reaching out to individuals around the sports world to open doors and make those connections now, not after you graduate. So what are you going to do? Late. You're going to you're going to apply to a, like a random posting online and hope someone calls you back. It's never going to work. 
their mind was blown. Their mind was blown. But before, I mean, my mind was really blown. But they couldn't believe what I was telling them. And they're like, do you think people will respond? I go, I'd respond to you if you reached out to me on LinkedIn. We do it all the time. Do it all the time. I mean, yeah. So to their credit, and to their credit, they did, the ones I did talk to, because I didn't talk to many because not many came up and talked to me, did connect with me on LinkedIn afterwards, send me a thank you note, and followed up. And now, now we will see, and I told them this too, sending one note to someone as a reach out, to connect for networking is not you doing your job. You have to stay persistent. You have to stay on top of it and you have to follow up. So we'll see if any of them, I'm, I'm hoping I mentioned this podcast, obviously I, I got great faith. I was going to plug our podcast while I was with students of sports management. That's um, the way to do it. We'll see if they listen to this or if they follow up and continue to build that network because with say point without that, you don't get where you need to be because applying to a blind application online and praying if some hr person calls you back you're dead in the water you just wasted sixty thousand dollars on your grad school program to be told that you don't know anybody so like what are you doing like i i was i was baffled i was there's was like, a there's a lot of people that are coming out of with uh a, a, a grad uh sport management sport admin um, sports MBA from our great partners at uh, San Diego State. They wouldn't do this. They wouldn't do this. They wouldn't teach this. No way. And um, it's, I, I hate to say it, but it's 100% true. It's not what you know. It's who you know. And the only way f- to get into who you know is start making your connections. It's hard work. It is, uh, it is effort. And the other thing that bothers me, and this was in a kind of a networking, you know, I can see it in a bar, in a restaurant, and I was probably guilty of this when I was in college, is that you got 25 of you, so you feel comfortable with, like, your buddy who's over there, uh, and you don't go out and talk to the people. I always remind people, remember why you're there. Yes. You're there because you want to work in sports. You're there because... Fenway Sports Management is one of the great sports organizations in the world. And you've got an opportunity to talk to the freaking chief business development officer in John Clark, who has an incredible history. Guys like you have an incredible history. And your whole the whole FSM team, FSM team is awesome. Go talk to them. Go talk to them. I mean, you're not going to learn anything by talking to your buddy who's over in the corner. You're going to learn something or position yourself better if you are talking to those people. If you make an impression on them, you're in a much better situation. No, and look, we I you kind of just mentioned it. like I get it. It can be sometimes intimidating to go up to someone on an executive level to just be like, "Hey, how you doing? Who's here I am. Here's my name." But this is how this world works. We've talked about how small this business is. So we also did, we brought the sales associates who literally are younger than them because they all just graduated college in the past year. So we're like, there. these people were some people you should network with. Find out what the program's about. This is why they're here is to give their kind of intake of like, hey, this could be a really cool opportunity for you to apply to after you get out of grad school. Because if you really don't know what you want to do, but you want to come and work for a great organization, this program could be for you. And it was just... It was, and I even talked to the, our sales associates um, after the, <coughs> excuse me, about this, and they were baffled. And I'm like, if they're baffled by this, 
I, I, I couldn't fathom having that opportunity in the palm of my hand to have access to not just us, but also the two other organizations they went to before they came to us and almost look at it as like a chore. I'm like, this yeah. is what you're paying for to go to school hate, to get this I access. I hate to hear a little bit that it was like, well, it's been a long day. This is like the day of your life, right? It's is the, like there's any day to be like on. By the way, day. if that's a long day, this was this was five o'clock. You're, oh, you're not cut out for sports. That's like <laughs> yeah, a long day. Five o'clock. Think about it. If you went to work at nine in the morning and the games at the game hasn't seven, even started yet. Your game hasn't even started yet. The gates might not even be open. They're not. You haven't even done anything. You haven't even began your night. And then if it's a rain delay, like, I was just like, okay, guys. Like, come on, let's let's get your shit together here. Like, you're, you're well. The the good news that I hear from this, and maybe it's a positive positive uh, uh, mentality I'm having right now, is when you talk to them, it doesn't seem like they're doing it on purpose. It just seems like they haven't been coached on what to 100%. do. One hundred percent. And exactly the reason we started this podcast, right? is we wanted to give real-world examples through our interviews like John and uh, the seven or eight that we've had uh, others and have them tell their story so that you can learn something and then for us to banter back and forth about what we think is the best practices in going forward. And networking, I think, if you were to say, make a list of stuff that's important, I'm pretty sure in mine, networking with uh, people in the industry may be number one. Yeah. I, if you're in grad school or even undergrad and in your downtime and you're just hanging out and in your dorm or your apartment, wherever you may be, you should be on LinkedIn connecting and sending messages to folks all throughout the industry, in all, especially if you don't know what you want to do, right? So this is when you start having the conversations with the PR person, the, the, the social person, the, the salesperson. And just have an informational interview with that person to be like, what's the date? What's like, what do you, what is your job? Like, what do you, how did you get to your role? Is there anyone else I should ask to speak with based on who you might know? And then that's just how it just keeps going, right? Because if someone called me and had a conversation with me right now and, and they asked me that question, which is the best question to ask at the end of an informational interview is networking is, can you connect me with anybody else? Is there anybody? That's a great else? point. I would say, yep, I'll connect you with Rob. He can give you this perspective. I can connect you with another person over here. Is what type of other people are you looking to talk to? Here you go. It's that's you got to ask for the business, right? Otherwise, we're gonna hang up the phone and say, see you later. See but ya. you know, I mean, but then there's also look. I don't want to be down. Like there's also the positive stories of Lauren Gruber wrote, reached out to both of us just as sending us a LinkedIn note. Saying, I sent that. I sent that. I, I I I screenshotted it and I sent it to you. And I was like, if this doesn't put a smile on your face, nothing will. And so she also then took the time to go reach out to my sales associate, Ben, who, she, who they know each other, and they went and had coffee today to talk about the sales associate program and so forth. So that's taking steps to better your career by just sending you and I a note and then also going and having an informational interview with someone who's actually in the program. So it's, yes, it's, it's, it's like to your point, it's just effort. And some common sense too, <laughs> but it's like well, what, one it's of the effort. things that I, f I I feel is people think that getting the either the bachelor's and or the master's gets you like to the front of the line. I guess I wouldn't say it gets you to the front of the line. 
it gets you in the line because you need either at least the bachelor's uh, master's might get you a little bit ahead, I, maybe. You know what line it gets you in? It. it gets you in the it gets you in the career fair line, right? And you need to the what gets you to the front of the line, and is is talking to people, is networking. I think you said a good point too. Say you're like, I don't know what the hell I want to do. How can I focus my attention somewhere? Then I would suggest having informational interviews with different department. Uh, in different departments of a sports organization. Go talk to sales. Go talk to finance. Um, if they do have a marketing department, go talk to marketing. Go talk to operations. Go talk... Talk to um, agencies, though. Talk to PR. the brand side. Like, exactly. There's more exactly. than just teams. Like the, the the bigger network you have when you walk down that aisle and graduate with that, the piece of paper where you can start sending out, hey, look, I'm looking and interested in this, this. What do you know? That let your network work for you. That's how this all works. Like I know we've talked about my <clears throat> my other former sales associate, Zach Corman. He literally sends an update email to his network that he thinks of his 20 closest confidants and just keeps them abreast of what he's doing and how it's going. And when he started to look for jobs when he was leaving Fenway, he was using that network. And they'd hook him up with this interview or that interview. And it, you have people that if they like you, they'll help you. And the only way to start that is to to start those relationships. It's not going to, I'm not going to just reach out to you randomly on LinkedIn and say, Hey, yeah. I see you're graduating college. We should call, we should talk like just, you always, you, you're saying about it. Like you can control two things, effort being one of them. Yeah. Is it the most fun thing to do on LinkedIn on a Thursday afternoon? It, no, but it's necessary. Right. You've got to. It's separating yourself and just having the degree is not going to do it. Uh, and talking to your buddies in the corners is just not going to do it. You got to be different. You know who did uh, a great job of that? Alfonso. Alfonso. Our, we, uh, we're, uh, we're guest blogging like uh, like crazy. I, I, and he did a great job. I, I'll just kick my, I'm going to kick my feet up. I'm getting replaced on the on the blogs. I'm getting replaced on the <laughs> podcast. I'm only doing half podcast. Listen, he wrote <clears> – <throat> so we, 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 we cut it down because – He'll be so, next week's guest blogger. He too. might be next. He might be next week's guest. He might be a guest blogger for the next four weeks for what he wrote. So keep keep rolling, Alfonso. Alfonso wrote passion and knowledge beyond his years, which I was extremely impressed upon. And the reason this all happened, and it goes back to just like, look, we have you have interns. You've had many of interns. You've had many sales like salespeople who come through, who just do their thing and then go on and leave. Alfonso has been listening to us, reached back out and stayed connected with us and said, I want to do this. And he has gained a huge fan in myself and you. Um, of course. So whatever he needs moving forward, we're going to go to bat for him. Alfonso calls, I'm answering. I promise you Exactly. That. And like he might have a career in writing. I don't, think, I don't know if he knew it yet, but uh, it's stuff. That was excellent. It was excellent. It's great. And it's, he, his, Check it out, frontofficefeatures.com. Uh, and there's a blog tab. Check out the blogs. His 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 message about seizing the moment. You and I talk about this a lot, right? Like, it goes back to what I kind of said earlier in this podcast. You do all this effort to get to the opportunity. Why are you going to let little things like geography get in the way? Like, yeah, right. Like, do what it's going to take to get the role that you want versus settling for like what you think you're supposed to do because you have to live in a specific area based on what your mind is telling you. You were willing to move for college. You were willing to take out massive loans to go get that degree. Now you're going to pump the brakes 
and not keep going the extra mile. And and that's Alfonso's like, hey, look, seize your moment when it's you have an opportunity to impress people when you have an opportunity to take a chance, just go for it. Yeah, go and get after it. Uh, I, I I loved his uh, I loved his blog. Uh, I loved his attitude. Uh, and it's really kind of the same thing with our guest blogger of uh, last week was with Hannah. Is you know she was doing some crap work, and uh, but she still seized the moment. She did the best crap work possible, and it goes back to what Lucino said back in the first interview, uh, is saying, hey, if you get one opportunity, uh, do that one well, then you'll get the next opportunity, which might be a little bit bigger. Do that one well, boom. And you when you uh, have the when you think that every opportunity is a good one and you're positive about it. I think it's all going to work out in your favor because then you're the hard-working, positive person. You're not the, oh, this sucks person. Yeah, it's it's the, it's attitude, right? And like, Effort and attitude, buddy. You, you, you're only going to get so many internships. You're only going to get so many moments to shine. Like Every one of those opportunities is a chance to make yourself stand out from the rest. And Hannah, like, lugging around hot dogs and running around and making sure people are having what they need and, and then dealing with the corporate people and just being everything and anything to any everybody at all times, that just comes down to effort and attitude. Amen. Preaching to the choir, baby. Preach, preach, I, preach, I, I, preach. Hey, look, <clears throat> I got fired up last Friday. It's been, it's been sitting on me. I knew exactly what I wanted, I wanted to talk about this Wednesday. I was, and it, it, it wasn't, it's, it wasn't me being mad. It was just like, it just it just gave validity to what you and I are doing so much in that moment. I was like, oh my God, there's so many people who just need some guidance. Yeah, I don't blame the, the, the students that were there, right? They are just, uh, I don't believe that they're getting the right uh, uh, coaching. It's just, it, it just, but if they just reach out to some of us in the industry, and I know, and you and I know a lot of people who respond just getting that guidance from people who are actually doing this on a day-to-day basis is invaluable because we know what it really is and what it really takes to be successful and and the sacrifices and we'll be very very honest with you that's the thing like we're never going to sugarcoat it and i had a call i had a call with a gentleman today who is i think probably in his 50s has gone through his career he look he had been in sports years ago but looking to get back into it and I was I was brutally honest, right? Like, what else am I going to do? Am I going to sugarcoat it and be like, oh, yeah, you can be able to stay in Boston and land a, a corporate sales role, but you've been out of the business for 20 years. Probably not going to happen. Yeah, right. Like, you're probably going to... I'd rather hear that. I'd rather be open and honest than give me the sugarcoated answer. Yeah, because when a job like Boston opens up, you got people of all different calibers applying for it because it's Boston, right? So you're going up against the person who's got the 15 years experience, such as yourself and I who've been doing it for the last 15 years and it's just a harder uphill climb if that's the only place you're willing to work. But if you're willing to expand your horizons and say, look, I'm going to go work for the Tampa Bay Rays and work my way back to Boston. Nothing against Tampa Bay Rays. just, they get less attractiveness from a Boston versus Tampa. That's sometimes where the opportunity may be. And if you're not willing to go there, that's okay too. It just might not be the right business for you. Yeah, I uh, I think honesty and getting multiple people's opinion uh, really matters. And I think it's just talking. It's continue, like we said, continue to talk to folks, uh, continue, um, you know, to, to, to reach out, to network. Um, and uh, like I said, uh, reaching out to people. Did I ever tell you how I got the Pawtucket job? Uh, no. 
I cold emailed Larry Lucchino. I, I mean, think about it. That's Larry Lucchino. So you're you're not even like. And at the time, he was still he was still the CEO of the Red Sox, right? And so I saw that he was buying the Pawtucket Club, and I was a consultant at the time, and I uh, got his email address. By the way, which was much easier than I thought it was going to be, and uh, it's still the same. That, by the way, it's still the same. It's still, the same. <laughs> still the exact same. And uh, I got his email address, and I just sent him an email. I had a million people proofread it uh, before I sent it to him. Good thing because uh, he's a stickler for grammar. Stickler for grammar, and one of the things I'm not probably the strongest at is grammar. Uh, and Lucino responded like that, and. Uh, I never was expecting that. I kind of thought it was like, well, what are the odds? But who the hell cares? Let me try. And uh, he responded in an instant. And uh, you know, a little bit later, he asked me to come to a, a game in his suite. And we talked. And a few months later, I'm working for him. So it all started from just a cold email. Larry Lucchino had no earthly idea who I was. And that just like, it's just, that's if that doesn't epitomize seizing your moment too, because you went for it, you got in front of him, you landed the gig, you impressed him. Like, that's exactly what Alfonso is talking about what you did. And it's, it just, it doesn't take much of like giving it a shot. And now, will Larry probably apply to everybody? No. And maybe you just happened to be like in a really good mood that time when you sent him one email. <laughs> but if you don't try, it's never going to happen. All you got to do is try. Just, uh, yeah, right. Just put some effort. And if you listen to us, we've guaranteed if you're a student and someone looking to break into the business, we Reach will out. we will reply to you. So yeah, hey, go to uh, our LinkedIn page, you and me, uh, and go to the front office features uh, LinkedIn page. By the way, uh, growth on that has been pretty good. By the way, yeah, no, and I think uh, we've we always encourage. I want more people to send in emails, tweets. LinkedIn messages of stuff that they want us to touch base on or topics that they might be struggling with. Um, just because I think it, it, it helps us too with the direction of what are people really out there looking for from an advice standpoint. Um, so please, by all means, always send, send stuff in and Rob and I will respond either directly to you or on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Love doing that. Love doing that. Hey, um, I saw big news coming from FSM this uh, uh, this week, and did I see that there's a music hall opening at Fenway Park? That is correct, my friend. The MGM Music Hall at Fenway Park. That's pretty cool, huh? So uh, this is this is crazy. So I'll, I'll give people some behind the scenes here of uh, how our owner John Henry works. <clears throat> at all, at all stemmed from. Someone making a comment that Boston is devoid of a 5,000-seat multi-purpose facility uh, where most other major cities have. And a 5,000-seat um, facility is obviously smaller than TD Garden, but bigger than uh, House of Blues, and smaller than Fenway. So it's like a perfect size for comedy shows, esports, um, the music acts that aren't big enough to do the Garden, but also a little bit bigger than... House of Blues, and being a billionaire, um, he goes, well, let's build it, and before you know it, there was plans, architects in in Fenway, <clears throat> in Fenway, 
knocking down a parking garage behind Fenway Park, right on Lansdowne and Ipswich, and there will be an MGM Music Hall opening in 2021. That's awesome. And um, so you want to walk through a little bit about um, how the business side of that works? Like there's an MGM part of this. Sure. How is the business uh, of the Music Hall going to work and kind of giving people the behind the scenes of like, you know, going, going back to an earlier point that we made of like, there's more than just the team side. For sure. So MGM, if you those don't know, opened up a casino in Springfield, uh, Massachusetts. Which is like two hours away from Boston? Yeah, about that. Um, and they don't have a, a, a theater there. They've been using the Mass Mutual Center, which is in Springfield as well. It's kind of like their home base. Like Aerosmith was there because... MGM has residency acts out in Vegas, which is, is Bruno Mars, Aerosmith, Lady Gaga. And Boston, obviously, being the hub for entertainment in, in the area, they'll now have this opportunity to pick up those acts and, and put some musical and entertainment stuff in Boston. With the partnership for Fenway, is we'll be working closely with a joint venture with Live Nation and Crossroads. So it's kind of a three-way partnership with Live Nation, obviously, has the ability to program the place. We have the real estate and Crossroads, which is a local uh, musical promotion entity that owns a lot of other venues in Boston. Um, we'll all work together to generate and drive revenue from ticket sales, sponsorship, uh, events, etc. cetera, uh, where it'll be also in conjunction with the House of Blues, which is across the street. So it's a really cool avenue for us to open up uh, a revenue stream um, and talk to sponsors that sometimes don't necessarily make sense for baseball, uh, which might be more make more sense for music. And also work around <clears throat> the exclusivities that we might have with Fenway Park. It's, uh, it's, I thought it was genius because when they said there's not a 5,000 person music set, uh, in Boston, I was like, yeah, they're right. There isn't one. It, and, uh, it'll be everything it too. It'll be boxing. Sense. It'll be UFC. It'll be esports. It'll be music. It's, it's exciting. It's really, it's really cool. And I mean, it all comes back to having <clears throat> that entrepreneurial ownership group who is going to allow us to do things like that. So, uh, they're going to break ground in two or three weeks, uh, November 22nd, work all through the off season, stop before opening day because the construction is too much when baseball is going on. And then once the last pitch is thrown, hopefully after a World Series in 2020, they'll complete the construction and then open following the 2021 baseball season. Can I give an example of what might be a good idea of for what we were talking about, separating yourself? Uh, absolutely. So if you are a sp- aspiring sports executive and you're in the Boston area and there's a groundbreaking at a new music hall, I probably might want to think about how I figure out my way in there and just start talking to people and see what comes of it. Uh, there will be the highest levels of individuals that you could probably ever network with at that groundbreaking so that is great advice and there also will probably be if not the chairman um right below him of mgm will be there and also folks from probably live nation so that ceremony which will be outside obviously it's outside so it's not gonna like it's be inside so you if you walk on down the public street you'll see us all standing there uh that is some fantastic advice yeah go talk to them if you can't get to the chairman of mgm uh 
two idiots like you and I might be there. And uh, that's true. Come say hi to us, right? I would uh, say how much you enjoy front office features. I would tell everyone in the world how much you enjoy front <laughs> office features. And uh, then they can at least point you in the direction of, uh, of us. But I think it's like a, those types of things. Not everyone's going to do that. There's only going to be a handful of people that go do it. Are you going to tell me that if you go there and you start talking to the right people, you're not going to separate yourself from being the guy in the corner of the bar not talking to anybody? Oh, it's it's not even a comparison, right? So, like, even if they just meet you and I, that's the, you're going to leg up. Right. I mean, Hell, right. go up to John Henry and or Tom Warner and whoever might be there from our side. Or Sam Kennedy is going to be like, Sam Kennedy is one of the most approachable human beings on the planet. You go up and introduce yourself, guy. he's going to talk to you. So I, I, that is that is actually fantastic advice you just provide there of thinking outside the box. And if look, people, let's see if anyone takes that advice and shows up. I uh, I agree. Um, also, uh, one of the things that we've got to dive deep into. I'm not sure if it's tonight um, or not, is we've got to talk job fair etiquette. Uh, I know that from a a friend, uh, our UMass um, uh, listenership is pretty strong, and they've got a job fair coming up next week. Um, And this is really for any job fair because I assume job fairs happen all around the country. And we are listened to in not all 50 yet. We still have like some weird states like Wyoming. And North and South Dakota. North and South Dakota. Um, But we need to, uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, What would your top three pieces of advice be if you were going into a job fair like one that could be happening at your alma mater at UMass next week? Uh, you better come with a really good opening statement that isn't going to be the generic BS that is just like, I want to hear what opportunities you have. Can you tell me what my jobs might be available? I like sports. Okay, here goes your resume at the bottom of the pile with the rest of them. Yeah, I got it. Just like everybody It's else. like you just got to deliver some really good opening statement that's going to make me want to have a continued dialogue with you, right? So right. come prepared. Do some research on who's going to be there. You might obviously find out the individual is going to be probably tougher, but at least the teams. Um, and then also just be able to, 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 be, to, to bring out the passion of exactly what you want to do and – going in there and just kind of being like, yeah, I'm just kind of interested in hearing what you have to say. Like it's the other way around, right? I'm supposed to hear what you have to say. Like, I'm not there at the career fair to tell you about me. You're there to tell me about you. So it's just, just come with something. Come, come with something. I I agree. That's kind of a a separating, um, definitely way to keep, uh, you know your elevator pitch. Your elevator pitch has got to be. It's got to be on point, and it's got to be like it can't be. Practice like, it. Practice yeah. it. Sit in your go in your dorm room and practice. One hundred percent. It can't be that cookie cutter BS. It's got to be something like, this is why I want this opportunity. This is what I'm interested in. Not the generic. I want to be in sports marketing, or I want to be in like if you want to be in sales, keep going and tell me what type of sales you want to be in. What's your what's your plan? What's your career path? Like what do you think and what do you aspire for? If you want to be in marketing. Get very granular and tell me what about marketing. Is it community relations? Is it public relations? Is it social media? Is it promotions? Get, tell me what you actually are looking for. That way, when we're done our conversation, I can run on the top of it. Good for X, Y, Z if I have in the back of my mind. Otherwise, you're just a generic in the pile resume and you're, you're done. And I think you should have a goal. 
the people that you want to go talk to, your goal is not to just hand a resume. We'll take a resume, right? You just kind of do it because we're nice. The goal will be to get their contact information, right? So oh, that you've got, their, you've got um, the team or the property or whoever the hell it is, their contact information. So you get, um, you know, if I'm there, you get Rob Crane's contact information. So not only can you send a follow-up email with an electronic version of your resume, you can also make sure that you follow up through LinkedIn, that there's multiple uh, touch points. Um, then you can really have, then you kind of separate yourself, excuse me, and uh, you can really have a legit conversation. And you can almost ask for an informational interview about the position and to have them uh try to share your story a bit with the with the team that you're trying to get with here's the other thing about career fairs now it's a, this one's at umass next week yep okay so in all likelihood because of just like the goodwill there'll probably be the at least three of the four teams the, the patriots the red sox the bruins or the pats right how long are those lines going to be pretty long how many opportunities do you think they have at that given time not many. Who do you think has more opportunities? The not you. <laughs> the probably the Woo Sox, the Paw Sox. Yeah, right. The Lull Spinners, the people who like have turnover. There's oh, a I way you meant the person. No, in terms of like, there's sometimes organizations standing there, and no one's going up to them, and they're going to stand in a, a 45 minute line to drop off their resume to the New England Patriots, and. Well, that's fine. You better make sure you have hit everybody else first because your your opportunity and networking is going to be much easier with people who actually have stuff to give and offer to you than probably the four major teams who typically don't have too many entry-level positions available and also usually don't hire from a career fair, <laughs> just being completely honest. Yeah, right. I agree with you. I agree. I, and I think it comes back to separating yourself, talking through, being different. Um, and, you know, nothing wrong with the minor league guys. No. You know, we're all right people. Uh, the, we're all right people. Uh, and I brought it up in the, the conversation with the with the, uh, the students last week. Our chief business development officer started his career in the Lakewood Blue Claws. Like, and he was, there for, he was there for a long time. He, he was. He just wasn't in minor league baseball for a year. No. No. He was there for probably... 10, 12, He was there years? for a, a long time and took some risks and then moved on to other teams around the league and different leagues and MSG and the Houston Rockets and so forth. But he started in minor league sports, and he's now the chief business development officer for Fenway. So it doesn't have to be your first gig out of school. Out of school. It doesn't have to be with the New England Patriots, the Boston Red Sox. It can be anywhere as long as it's the right gig for you with good people around you that are going to make you better. Speaking of which, make you better made me better in the past week was your wife so huh. <laughs> tell, 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 that sounds weird out of context <laughs> it does sound weird out of context <laughs> so we kind of talked about how uh i was trying to reach her employer and her yeah. and sent them liverpool scarves and knew when he was a liverpool fan and hadn't heard back followed up was like hey hope you got the scarves didn't hear anything and then you sent me an email from your wife amy saying hey use pac-man and I was like, <laughs> like the get like the video game yeah. Pac Man, and, and most kids probably have no idea what the hell is Pac Man. Um, and I was like, Pac Man. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? Like Pac Man, the, the head of marketing for Amicas into Pac Man. And then you forward me an email, 
sure shit. I sent him an email saying, hey, talking to my colleague Rob Crane, and here's what I know his wife works in the organization. Apparently, she's a great Pac Man player. He responded within 20 minutes. <laughs> About Pac Man. Yeah. And, but, it, but it goes to like networking. Like, if I don't know you and you're not giving me that information, I'm just emailing this guy blind forever and he may never respond to me. Right. And uh, Pac Man did it. Apparently, my wife is a four player Pac Man champion. Well, uh, they were at some uh, marketing conference and apparently played Pac Man. And by the way, as a 90s kid, they also saw Bush and they had front row seats to the concert. And, um, there they are next to Gavin. Uh, what was his last name? Rosdale. Rosdale. Yeah. Rosdale. With Gwen Stefani's ex-husband, for those of you who might not know who Bush is. <laughs> right. And rocking out. And that is like my jams, right? Pearl Jam is my favorite band. I loved Bush when I was a uh, was a kid. So I was like, she was sending me videos of Bush uh, playing from the front row, and I was pretty jealous. Glycerine. Apparently, uh, um, Chris is also a... Uh, a big Bush fan. He was the one leading the pack up to the front. All right. I might have to use that in my I, arsenal as well. And then, you know, so speaking of the music hall, the, the, the our money right now, we're taking bets. No one has any uh, knowledge of it yet, but we're pretty much laying down that we think Eddie is going to open up the music hall based on the relationship. That if we that's the case, I will shit myself yep. because that would be... I'm hoping it's Eddie. I'm hoping it's Eddie. I'm, uh, and I am calling somebody for tickets. We'll just sneak you in the back door. We know where the back uh, door is. Fine. We'll fine. I will be an door. usher. I don't give a damn. <laughs> uh, Pearl Jam is my favorite band of all time. Well, all right, hey, I, I had fun tonight. This yeah, was a good I'm one. I'm going to go drug myself with whatever is going to clear out my sinuses so I can maybe sleep tonight. Um, yeah, I'm a, some whis- I, uh, my, my suggestion is Buffalo Trace bourbon. That and uh, some Mucinex. I think that sounds like a plan, my friend. <laughs> That's a, uh, that sounds good. But I, I still think we need to come up with a name for this thing. How about Thursday Thoughts? That's, or should we think about it some more? We'll think about that. We'll, 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 we'll think about Thursday Thoughts. We'll, put a, we'll think about Thursday Thoughts. We'll put a, as, How about this? Somebody else tweet us. Give us a freaking name for this. As, as they say in the biz, we'll put a pin in that. We'll put a pin we'll in put that. put a pin. <laughs> it basically means, hey, dumbass, that was a stupid idea. <laughs> on the next thing. All right. On the next thing, Chris, I'll talk to you later, buddy. Bon voyage. Bon voyage. See you. Later.